like for me personally, well-being is like, is connections, like forming connections with maybe it's in the virtual environment, or maybe it's, you know, with their neighbors or whatever. For me, like feeling well in my body and my mind and whatever is like connecting with people, talking to people. Welcome to Unlock Your Wellbeing, the podcast that teaches you the simple keys to health and happiness so that you can grow as a human being into a well-being. And now here's your host, author, certified wellness coach, mother, and wife, Alicia Leadham. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Unlock Your Wellbeing with Alicia Leadham. I'm super excited today because we have a really fun, inspiring guest, my friend, Erica Hermsen. She is, she's doing some really, really cool things. And we actually go way back together, all the way back to high school, maybe even a little bit before then, um, that uh, we can dive into throughout the uh, the conversation, but a little bit about Erica, and then we will open it up to her so she can tell us more about her story. Uh, right now, Erica is the owner and founder of Sweat Inspire Sisterhood. She is a certified personal trainer. She's a certified run coach, and she is a yoga teacher. Love it. She runs an online fitness um, platform. She's been doing this since 2016. Uh, And she pivoted and grew it into this really amazing sisterhood where she helps inspire each other to sweat together, connect with each other, and do this all through moving your body and becoming really uh, fit, healthy women. Right, Erica? Um, She is online 100% right now with her uh, online community, but she has something really excited that she's going to be sharing with us that is going to be a little bit more, actually a lot more in person with a new building that they are building to bring this back in person with everyone here in the Midwest. So I'm super excited to introduce you guys all to um, Erica Hermsen. Welcome, Erica. Hello. Thank you for having me, Alicia. And yes, we go way, way back to the good old Western Dubuque days. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So Erica and I, we, yes, we would go back to high school. I was thinking about this before this interview. We were in track together. We weren't to state together. And we did like, what, what, what were we, we did hurdles for state track. <laughs> we did do hurdles. We did Speaking do hurdles. Now, my sister and I laugh about this because I remember like trying to skip out of the mile warm up. Like we would run <laughs> through neighbors' yards just to skip out of the mile. And then flash forward four years later and we're running like half marathons and marathons, like totally funny. But yes, we we ran hurdles together, um, did volleyball together, um, did some connecting stuff when we both lived in San Diego. So yeah, it's been full circle. Definitely full circle. Yeah. So we're from the same area. And then we both somehow ended up living in San Diego around the same time. Um, we both have our wellness businesses that we're doing, you know, similar cool work. And now we both ended up moving back to the Midwest in some capacity. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of uh, cool memories, full circle coming back together. Um, so I had to have her on the podcast because I think that she has a lot of really cool things to share with us. She's doing a lot of really amazing um, things as a, as a leader and helping people to 
really take control of your own, you know, your health and your, your well-being. So Erica, tell me a little bit more about, about yourself that people can understand more about you. All right. So let's rewind back to high school. So Alicia kind of already mentioned um, back in high school, super active. I was in a lot of sports. Fast forward to college, definitely was not active. I, I think the most activity that I had was walking from bar to bar. You know, when you go to the University <laughs> of Iowa, um, that's pretty much all you do. So I was not very active in college. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about this as we go through the podcast, but junior year of college, um, I got a call from my parents and they had informed all of us kids that my dad was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. So in college, I was pursuing a nursing career. Um, after that call, I really like had to sit down and reevaluate, like, do I, do I really want to take care of people, you know, when, when illnesses are already in their body and, you know, take care of them after they can't really do anything about it, or do I want to promote it? So Went into my advisor um, shortly after, switched my major to health promotion, and kind of after all of that happened, um, I took a deep dive into wellness and health and nutrition, and that's that's kind of what I've been doing for the last eight years. So we can dive into a little bit more about that, but that's kind of where my journey started. Wow. Yes. Okay. This all makes so much sense because I definitely remember... Um, that time in your life that was really hard because we, I forgot, we went to the same college as well. Um, and yeah, I do remember you were nursing. And so that all makes sense that that was like the pivotal moment for you of, okay, am I going to get into the industry where I am responding to this or do I want to promote something that you're, you've always been kind of passionate about. And it's like, you reconnected to, to that true passion of yours after that. Right. Right. And like, you know, with, any illness, some are definitely not preventable. Um, in my dad's case, he was a non-smoker, you know, diagnosed with lung cancer kind of out of the blue. Um, but, you know, thinking back, do I, do I want to, you know, go into nursing where I'm taking care of people that maybe could have prevented those illnesses? Um, or do I really want to focus and pursue a passion where, I'm helping people choose healthier nutrition options or, you know, just moving their body so that, they're giving themselves that 30 minutes in the morning or in the evening to just feel good and, you know, feel more energetic. Yeah. I love that. So then, so then what happened after you went into health promotion, how did you go from changing your major to that to now running this as a business? Um, <laughs> it it kind of happened accidentally. So I was actually living in San Diego um, moved there without having a place to live, without knowing a single person. I think I had like $2,000 in my bank account, like literally nothing. If, you know, if you're in San Diego, that, that is nothing. So <laughs> I was working probably four jobs just to, you know, live in San Diego, be, be in California. And then, um, a couple ladies that used to take my classes reached out. And this was way before YouTube and, Peloton or live streaming literally way before that. So this was about eight years ago. Um, they reached out and they said, is there a way that we can still take your classes without obviously, you know, you're in California, we're here in Iowa. 
So I was like, let me think about it. So I started just posting like online workout videos. Um, we had, I think the 30 ladies that used to take my classes at the Farley Memorial Hall, they signed up and it has since grown to like over 600 women. Um, but yeah, we've been online for about six to eight years before the huge online boom. And now we're kind of doing it the opposite. Like we started online and now we're doing an in-person studio. Um, most places they did the opposite. They yeah. had their in-person studio and then they had a pivot during, you know, COVID. So it's been kind of crazy to see all that progress. Yeah. Right. You, you're totally going about it in you're like kind of breaking the norm of like, oh, you're doing it online. Guess what? I'm bringing it back in person. <laughs> like, I think it needs to come back in person after all of us were cooped up in our houses. Like we're craving that connection, like that in-person connection with people. Um, and I, like, I've literally had this dream for about 10 years. Like I knew I wanted to open an in-person center where people could go and connect, but you know, six years ago, that wasn't really a thing. Like people wanted convenience they wanted to do stuff in their house and now it's kind of getting back to where it was six to eight years ago where people wanted that in-person connection Mm -hmm. yeah definitely everyone is really craving um in-person connections again everyone's tired of being cooped up in their home like we're so very grateful for everything that the internet has provided for us during this tumultuous last few years um but it's time to like get back to living again in a way it feels like right is that the response that you've been getting with your community absolutely like it's great to have that convenience like if your kid's sick you know you you might not be able to find a baby a babysitter that can come in and you know take care of your kid but if you have that convenience of being able to work out at home but you also have you know the flexibility if your kid's healthy and whatever and you want to go to that in-person studio you can do that um but I think the whole workforce thing of forcing us to work on zoom calls and always be on our computer. People are just craving like, okay, I want to shut my computer off. I want to shut social media off and just go out and like be with people. Like, right. Real people. <laughs> right. Like be in my life and yeah. in my life and what that is and not everyone's life online. And, um, right. Just sometimes doesn't really feel as like authentic and real. It can be, um, but I think we've just been missing like that balance, you know, and I'm, I'm finding for sure that everyone is really wanting to shift into more of a hybrid type model of living, whether that's with their career or just if you are at home and raising a family of being at home and having a lot of things being digital, like your online community, but then also having the opportunity and option to have them do that in person. 100%. Like with the workforce. You know, some people want the option to work from home on some days, but they want that in-person connection of like, I want to go to an office and see real people, you know, instead of like, Hey, I'm going to jump on the zoom call in my pajamas. Like that's nice two days of the week, but it doesn't give us that, like that connection that we all crave and need. Yeah, exactly. Like I just went to an event the other night. It was one of the first, like, you know, big in-person events 
uh, in the last couple of years, I'm like, oh, wow, this is just so nice. It's just, <laughs> hello, new person that I've never met, that I can have like, a conversation with you. And, right. and it's like, how do we interact again? Like, we almost have to relearn it. Like, how do I be a human again? Yeah. Can you teach me how to do that? Yes. Which is so funny. That actually just reminds me. So you and I, we've both like moved around and have lived in a lot of different places. And for me, one of the things that um, helped me integrate into a new area that I've, I've moved to is joining a gym. And that's how I would meet people. That's the only way I would meet people, either a gym or a yoga studio or some kind of like fitness community, because um, that's where you obviously have like like-minded people. You're doing, you're moving your body and people are like generally happy and, and excited to be there. But then you form this community and you get to meet new people, you know? So I just realized that as we were speaking here, that that has been one of the ways that I've been able to like meet people, but then also reconnect with people that um, I have known in the past that I can, you know, meet again. So I think that that's going to be something that's really exciting um, that you can do for the people who are in the area to reconnect with each other. But then anyone who's like moving into our area or the Midwest or this area can meet new people, or if anyone, anyone's listening and you want to, you know, make new friends or have some sort of new community, finding like your local gym, yoga studio, et cetera, that's where you can actually meet a lot of new people. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that you say that because when you'd sent me some of the questions of the things that we're going to talk about today, and you kept you know, asking and using the word well-being. And when that comes up to mind, people think, you know, exercise or nutrition or whatever. But for me, like for me personally, well-being is like, is connections, like forming connections with maybe it's in the virtual environment or maybe it's, you know, with their neighbors or whatever. For me, like feeling well in my body and my mind and whatever is like connecting with people, talking to people, um, and we hosted a, an event a couple of weeks ago at Darkbird in Piasta to kind of announce the news that we were going to be building a brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. And there was 75, you know, sisterhood members that had come to this event. None of them have met in real life before. Uh -huh. And it was almost like they were best friends, like almost like, you know, they went to high school together or they grew up together. You wouldn't have known that, you know, none of them have met each other in real life before. Um, but it was just amazing to see that. And like, it comes back to that well-being and, you know, it's, it's mind, body, spirit. Um, it's not just about exercise or nutrition. It's also about like who you hang around and who you give your time and your energy to. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, first I love that that's something that you have been able to create for them, um, within your community, right. Of, of holding space for them to have those connections. And, keeping that as like the North star of your purpose of what it is that you are cultivating and creating for them. Um, so very cool purpose-driven mission that you can feel. Um, but yeah, also when it comes to your social connections with your well-being, I think more than anything, we as a uh, society have really helped remember the importance of connection and community and how detrimental loneliness is right like we're all a lot of things that came up out of covid happened as a result of loneliness of you know isolation and 
you can, there's a difference between choosing um, solitude versus isolation, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that I, we were, uh, many people were isolated and that's why it's like really helping us to understand the importance of that. So I completely agree with you. Connection, community, relationships is a vital part to, to true well-being for sure. Yeah. And I think just like you said, like it's your North star. And if you are doing all the things right with your exercise and you're doing all the things right with your nutrition, but you're isolating yourself and you're not being around others, you know, you're, you're not going to feel right. Like it's going to lead to illness because of the fact that you're not surrounding yourself with, you know, people that are supporting you and people that are being positive. Um, so yeah, I love that word of North star when it comes to like connection, forming connections. Yeah, definitely. I think you even saw, um, there's a lot of research lately that's coming out around, um, like longevity and they're finding that if you are a social person and you have really strong social connections and relationships that that can outweigh almost everything else when it comes to your health and wellness and helping you live a long life. Because we all know those types of people who are like, you know, into their eighties and aren't really the healthiest and still have their whatever they eat the same that they have for the last 50 years, but they're just super social butterflies and they're, you know, living your life. They're finding that that's like a really, um, big part of your longevity is having that. So imagine if that's a really big part to a very healthy long life, what happens if you also throw in nutrition, movement, other things, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just feel like, I don't know if it's me personally for moving from like place to place to place. And you probably have felt this too, but unless you grew up and you have stayed in the same place, like it's really hard as a female adult to make friendships unless you, you know, are in the same city with the people that you went to high school with or college with, like, it's almost impossible. Like dudes, you know, pretty easy. Like they just join a softball league or whatever. And it's easy for them to just form friendships, but females it's way harder. Um, and it's not, it's not so much that we don't put ourselves out there. It's so much more than that. Like it's, it's trust. It's, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I just like, I was craving that and I, I needed that. So that's kind of where sweat inspired sister came about, even if it's virtual connections, you know, you got to find a group, whether it's online or in person or whatever, because it's hard, especially if you are no longer living in the place where you grew up. Like it's hard to make friends as an adult female. Yeah, I completely agree. It has been really difficult to start finding friends. I feel like even after college is when it's like, okay, how do you find friends as an adult? Yeah. Period. Um, Because, you know, you grow and you change from when you were growing up with the people that you're around, even if you still live around them, but taking that and then also going and living in a place where you know no one, like when you went to San Diego and you didn't know a single person, same, except I did, I did have two family members there. Um, So that helped. I think it's also hard, like, you know, we were discussing this before we hopped on um, the podcast, but you know, every, everybody's at a different point in their life. Like, you know, you had, um, 
your little baby a little bit later in life, like I don't, I don't have kids yet. So it's hard for me when I go back home to connect with, you know, people that I went to high school with, cause they're having, they're at a different point in their life. Like they have kids that are in elementary school. So that's another thing, you know, it's just, it's hard depending on where you live, what, you know, period of your life you're currently at. So having like connections of people, whether it's a yoga studio, you know, like you said before, um, finding things similar that you can connect on, um, is kind of the best route. So I don't know. I just found like, that's hard too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I think it's like understanding what you're interested in, or at least what you're curious about, and then allowing yourself to find a community around that and seeing what happens. And my experience, anything that I've been interested in and going into that. So I was interested in just working out when I moved to um, an area that I lived in. I, I moved to Ohio and I didn't know anyone. And so I was just like, all right, I'm just going to go up to the Y and work out. And like, you know what, if I'm going to go work out, I might as well take the workout classes. So maybe I can start to talk to the people that I'm seeing up here all the time. And yeah. that like, curiosity turned into a little bit of passion and made it fun. And then I, you know, developed a friendship with, with some people, um, that I'm actually still friends with today, but it did take a lot of putting yourself out there and then continuing to go and like doing it over and over again. Um, but where you, wherever you're interested in, there's going to be some kind of community for you. You just have to like seek it you just look for it a little bit. Right. Yep. And, and if it is, you know, if it's health and wellness that you're seeking that maybe the people from your high school that you grew up with, you know, maybe they're not interested in that. And it's one of your passions or something that you want to get into. That's okay. Like you can, I'm not saying you have to go find a different group of friends, but you know, if, if you're searching for that, or if you're, you know, passionate about that, or you want to get into it, like, that's okay to have separate groups of friendships. Um, but you know, like just go get started, like sign up for a gym if you're craving that connection. Yeah, totally. I think that there's just, um, there's definitely a community of people out there. Even if you don't, you don't have like everything in common with them, right? Like if, whether you're don't enemy kids or you have young kids or your kids are up and, and grown, if you guys have that similar interest in the thing that you're doing there, then you will be surprised at like the connection and how much more fulfilled it, it helps you in, in your own well-being, you know? Yeah. All right, cool. Well, I wanted to ask you, I have a couple of like quick fire, kind of quick fire questions for you. Okay. You spoke about this a little bit, but I want you to go into a little more. Why do you believe well-being is important? Oh gosh, that's a hard, that's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> there's so many reasons, but uh, when I think back to, or when I think about this question, I think back to like the age old question of what would you tell your younger self, like your 20 year old self or whatever. And like, you can't, <laughs> so you can't go back and you, you can't change, you know, how many beers that you drank in college, right? You can't go back and change the number of years that you didn't exercise because, you know, maybe you had better things to do and you can't go back and like change the way you may or may not have mistreated your body, but what you can change is your current values. So for me personally, like 20 year old Erica would probably not say these same things that I value, but 30 year old Erica, I value my health. 
because I've witnessed firsthand watching my dad um, deteriorate from from cancer, what can happen if you don't take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I value eating healthy foods because it uh, makes me feel better. Like it gives me energy. Although I do enjoy the occasional margarita, like when I go out to those restaurants or have something that I don't normally have, it just like the next day you don't feel good. You know, you're just like, oh, I don't have any energy. So I value eating healthy foods most of the time. Um, I value saying no to things that don't serve me. So 20 year old Erica would probably say yes to every opportunity that jumps, but I value myself and I know that I'm not on this earth for very long. So I value saying no to the things that, you know, don't really serve me. Um, and then lastly, I value my exercise because I like the feeling of being strong. So those are the things that I value and I believe why my well-being is important. Um, but like, like I said, you know, 10 years ago, probably wouldn't have valued those same, same things. So I think our well-being kind of changes as we go through those periods of our life. Um, for me, those are the four things that um, I consider, you know, feeling whole. Mm, I love it. Yes. And I couldn't agree more. I think if I ask you this question in 10 years, you'll have a different answer for me. Um, but that's, I think that's the point because your well-being is just a, a it's a lifelong journey. You never, there's nowhere to arrive. You're just on the ride the whole time. Right. And so, um, the point is to grow in it with it through it. I love everything that you said. And, um, I also enjoy an occasional margarita. Yeah. Um, Don't take that away from me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 80, 20 rule, honey. That's what I believe. Um, okay. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh, I like this question again, loaded question. I could probably list off a million things, but I think the, the best valuable piece of information I've ever received, or if I would tell my 20 year old self, um, give more than you take. So maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's from growing up in the Midwest Maybe it's how I was raised. I'm not really sure where this has come from, but I love giving back, um, whether it's to my community, the people that have supported me along the way, um, giving my time, my energy, give more than you take. Mm, I love that. I love that a lot. Over deliver. Um, Okay. What's the most important mistake you've made in your life and what did you learn from it? Another loaded question. If I could like list off a million, I I probably would sit here and do that, but it's only an hour long podcast. So uh, biggest mistake is, is that what you said? Biggest? The most Uh, important. I don't know if it's biggest, but like the most important or the one that comes to mind right now. Huh? I would say, again, it's so hard to choose, but I've always been able to be resilient when I, when I have made those mistakes. Um, I would say the first one that comes to mind is, moving to San Diego with a, without a job, without a place to live, uh, without any friends, like literally knew nobody, uh, less than $2,000 in my bank account. That was probably the, the biggest first mistake that I made in my life. But if I wouldn't have taken that mistake, if I wouldn't have risked that, I wouldn't have like received the opportunities that I have. So if you don't, if you avoid taking risks, you're going to limit your opportunities. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that was a mistake, much less that it's like, Hmm, (laughs) what did this lesson teach me? Um, (laughs) but it was obviously a very vital part of your journey. That's, 
made you who you are today. And so it had to happen the way that it did because you wouldn't, it shaped who you are in your experience right now, you know? Yeah. I think like not trusting in my own abilities, I should say is also a mistake. So, you know, always depending on somebody else for your happiness or, or for money or security or whatever, Mm-hmm. It wasn't until probably my late twenties where I started to learn to trust, like I can do this. Like I don't have to rely on somebody else to do this or somebody else to do it for me. Like I can do this. I, so I started trusting my own abilities and I was able to like gain that momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think yeah. that's also another mistake. Like I know it's probably not the answer. Like it's a, not a clear shot answer of a mistake, but I think so. How did you, well, I want to, I want to piggy on that really quick. How did you start to uh, trust yourself more? I think learning from like past experiences. So I don't really talk openly about this a lot, but I was married at a young age and got a divorce. And I think that taught me a lot of life, life lessons, like trust, for instance, like that was hard to trust people again, but you know, trusting in myself instead of like putting trust into others was an eye opener, like trust that I can do this on my own. Like I don't have to rely on other people. Um, I don't have to have security or whatever. Like I can do this. If I lived in San Diego for a year on my own, I can really live anywhere on my own. So Mm. I think like just going through some big milestones in life, that was, that was a lot of life lessons right there. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I think too, though, that you decided that that when you come into a hard life experience like that, you can take one of two paths. You can grow from it and learn from it, or you can let it like completely take you out. And you obviously grew a ton from it and you made that as a conscious decision, um, which I think really stems from like your high level of resilience, right? So do you think that a big part of that was like changing your mind and how were you able to, you know, maintain that level of mental resilience in such a hard time in your life? I think, like you said, like there was two routes. So route number one, (laughs) uh, I could move back to Iowa, you know, take the easy route, live with my mom, you know, uh, get myself under my feet again, or route B, the harder route, which was the more resilient route moved to another place where I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a place to live. I had to live with my aunt, you know, until I got, I got myself on my feet, but taking that harder route, instead of taking like the easy route, you know, just moving back home with your mom, taking that harder route literally forced me to, <laughs> to take the right steps in life. So it was like, you know, if you're going to move all the way across country again, without knowing a single person, without having a place to live, you're going to have to do this, you know, the same way that you did in San Diego, like trust in your own abilities that you can do this and you can get through it. I love that. Yeah. You just like, you know what, I'm, I'm going, I'm still going to keep going and take the, the path that, uh, you knew in your heart was the right one for you and that continued to open up even more doors. Is that when you also really shifted your business into um, kind of like the next phase, the next level? Yeah, so Um, it was during that time where I kind of rebranded. I was like, 
I want this, this community because it was a community. There wasn't a lot of men that were joining, which I was perfectly fine with. Yeah. It was pretty much all women at that point. And it was that community of people, even though it was only like 30 to 50 people that got me through that really hard time in my life. Um, so I wanted to create that community where if people were going through a divorce or, you know, if somebody, God forbid, were to have like a miscarriage or a loss of a family member, you know, they, they did have that support, even if it was online in a virtual world that they could go to, um, to, you know, tell their, tell their thoughts, their stories, or even if they didn't share a single thing, if they just went to that Facebook page once a day, you know, they got that uplift that they needed. So yeah, it was that time in my life that I kind of pivoted and, you know, rebranded so that the community focused on what it was intended to do. Yes. It almost like propelled you deeper into what you were creating and like your purpose and your mission behind what it is you imagined the entire time. Yep. I also love too about, about the community of a place for someone to go, especially during hard times in their life where you're also giving them um, workouts, right? And what better way to feel really good than to release some endorphins and move your body, right? It's one thing to like, just kind of come and talk. And it's another to also do something very, very powerful and active to, you know, make you feel a million times better. I love that so much. And it's like, think of it as moving meditation, right? Like for me personally, I know like you are, you have your meditation and I just like, I've tried it before. I can't do it. So for me, it has to be like moving meditation, whether it's yoga, um, you know, going out for a run for me, like that's being in a meditative state. So it's, it's moving meditation, um, whether it's finding something like running that you enjoy or a strength training workout that makes you feel like a badass or, you know, a awesome yoga session where you can just turn your mind off. It's that 30 minutes of moving meditation that you don't have to think about your job or your kids or anything. It's just, you're shutting your brain off. You're focusing on you and that's it. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, um, there are plenty of ways to meditate and you can definitely find your, um, mindful moment by turning everything off and at least keeping your phone off and not being distracted and just doing what it is that you're doing, whether that's, you know, running or practicing yoga, that's definitely a really cool way to just get in tune and, you know, find that meditative movement. So yes, love it. Okay. What is the one thing you do in the morning or before you go to bed that has improved your quality of life? Um, I would say moving my body. So about two years ago, we started doing live workouts. So back in 2016, I would record them and then just put them online. But somebody asked if we could do like a live together, kind of like a Zoom, you know, Zoom live. So I was like, okay, let's try it. And then it just turned into, okay, every morning we're going to show up live together. So I would say just moving my body for at least 30 minutes every single morning. Um, it sets the tone for the entire day. Even, you know, if I have a crappy day after that, at least I was able to dedicate those 30 minutes in the morning to just moving my body and turning my brain off. Um, I think we live in such a fast paced world. Like we give and we give and we give, especially as females. 
we give to people all day long, our attention, our time, our energy, pretty much everything. And we rarely like give back to ourselves and we feel guilty when we do it. Like for me personally, like if I take a nap, I feel guilty about that because it's 30 minutes or 60 minutes that I could devote to work. Right. Or if we spend like $70 on a massage, like we, we automatically feel guilty. Like I could have spent that on groceries or I could have spent that on my kids. But what we don't think is those things, those small things that we give to ourselves, whether it's time, 30 minutes or a massage that costs $70, like that makes us be a better mom, a better, a better person, a better friend, a better spouse, but we don't think of it like that. And it's hard to like turn that off in our brain. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like the female, you know, like we just always feel guilty when we like give to ourselves, but yeah, it's definitely an unlearning. It's actually a huge part of, of my work with people is helping them understand that self-care is not selfish. It's actually the least selfish thing that you can do. Because like you just said, when you are genuinely taking care of yourself and filling your cup up and you give back from that state of overflow, that's when you are operating at your best. That's when you're leading at your best, right? But if you're always trying to give from your empty cup and you're always trying to give from, um, you know, half full, then you are not really giving at the place that you can. And so anytime that you are taking care of you, that's you being able to give from your best you. And everyone around you deserves you to be your best you. And so if you need to take that nap, we need you to do that because then when you go and work afterwards, you're going to get 10 times more done in a better state and a higher energetic state. And it's going to be even better work than if you were to just push through it and done it from a really tired, you know, drained kind of energy. And so anything that you do that's for you, that's not just for you. Think about it as you're doing it for literally everyone around you, whether it's your friends, your family, your kids, your coworkers, et cetera, et cetera. So self-care is not selfish. And I agree, women definitely have a really hard time with this because we have to be the one taking care of everyone around us. Um, but you still can take care of everyone around us. You just can also do it by also taking care of you too. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you're allowed to take care of yourself in the same way that you do with other people around you. So I love that. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. So a lot of our listeners are um, busy professionals. Okay. How do you, uh, what are your best tips for helping people get in their workouts when they're like, you know, low on time or when they are just really tired and they have a lot of, you know, work going on? Yep. For me personally, and I know this is for a lot of busy professionals, if it doesn't happen in the morning, it's probably not going to happen. Like, even if you are, so tired and you're like pressing your alarm, pressing snooze, pressing snooze. You're like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Just get up, move your body. Even if it's for seven minutes, even if it's taking your dog for a walk, it does not have to be like a 60 minute Peloton workout where, you know, the trainer's kicking your ass. Like it doesn't have to be like that. It can be a seven minute walk that, you know, you're just getting outside, you're moving your body, but usually if it doesn't happen in the morning, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. I I I just first thing in the morning, just get it done. It's going to set the tone for the entire rest of your day. 
I'm so glad you said too that it can be as little as a seven minute, you know, walk with your dog outside because I think a really big um, mindset shift that a lot of people need to work on is ending this all or nothing thinking. Kind of like the, I'll start on Monday thinking, or if I'm not all in on the program that I signed up with Erica, then I completely failed and I'm just not going to do it at all. That's the problem is it's, it's just, it's a little bit of things and moving your body in any way is better than not doing it, um, perfectly or at all. So yes, I agree. Seven minutes in the morning. And if like, if you are 100% not a morning person, start with your lunch break. Like we like as working professionals, we don't take a lunch, right? We hurry up and scarf our food down in front of our computers. I'm 100% victim to that as well. But if you're not a morning person, you can't fit that, you know, workout in, in the morning. You're like, nope, not going to do it. I don't care what Erica says, not going to do it. Take your lunch break, take it outside. If it's nice outside, you know, go for a walk, just 10 minutes. And then you can come back and, you know, scarf your food down in front of your computer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. And I think the other cool thing about, um, you know, we talked about some of the, the frustrating parts about working primarily from our computers and Zoom, uh, but the benefits of it are you can work in your workout clothes. And right. so that's something that I, I do all the time is I pretty much work in my workout clothes. And so then when I do have a little break and my daughter's taking a nap and I have a, you know, some time, that's when I get it in and I don't have to get undressed or, you know, go change. Uh, so it's just like one less barrier to do. That's a good point because a lot of the ladies, uh, actually sleep in their workout clothes. Cause they're like, well, if I sleep in my workout clothes, I'm already dressed and ready to go. So that's another tip. Yeah. Just wear the clothes. And then it's kind of like one less excuse to just go and move. And then you can like just stand up and drop and do 25 squats in front of your computer. (laughs) While you're scarfing down your lunch. (laughs) In between bites, do your squats. There's always a way to fit it in. So I love that. It doesn't have to be an hour. It can be as little as seven minutes. Beautiful. Okay. Erica. If you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? Oh, this is a good one. So for me personally, I don't read a lot because I'd rather listen to podcasts. Mm. Um, but if there was one health or nutrition book that I would recommend reading, um, it would be Feeding You Lies. And Alicia, you probably already read this. Um, I'm going to butcher her name because I'm very bad with first and last names. The uh, not. Bonnie Hari. Um, uh, she's also huh? known as the food babe. Um, so in this book, she sheds a light on lies that we've been told about our food. So thinking back to you and I probably don't have much experience with this just because it was kind of past our time. But if you think back to before we knew like the harm that cigarettes caused. So that's the same thing that she kind of does with the food industry. So she sheds light on Um, the cover-ups and the deceptions that is happening in our food industry, because it is. And she literally calls out these companies, like companies like Starbucks, companies like um, Kraft Food, of the chemicals that they're putting in our foods and our drinks that are banned in other countries. Like Mm -hmm. Germany does not allow these ingredients that the United States allows in our food and our drinks in their grocery stores. 
Mm-hmm. But our government says that it's okay, even though they know that, you know, it causes cancer, it causes all these other things, but she literally just calls out these companies and there's been so much backlash. Like these companies will just say, you can't oh, do they're that. Pissed. Okay. <laughs> I can you call us out, but you know, I can tell people the studies that have been done. Um, and fun fact, there was an ingredient that used to be in the pumpkin spice lattes that can no longer be in the pumpkin spice lattes because she called that company out. So just a fun fact, but it kind of just opens your eyes to, huh, maybe I should pay a little bit more attention to the ingredients that I'm letting my kids, you know, put in their bodies and putting my own bodies. So that's one book that I would maybe suggest picking up. Awesome. I love it. Yes. She is such a badass. I feel like she's such a a warrior for wellness. And like, she is so unapologetic and I, she's just doing such powerful, great work. Definitely follow her on Instagram. I think she does almost daily shows like super cool, um, reels of like, Hey, look at what's in here. And have you thought about this? Or here's like a really good alternative. She even did one, I think yesterday that I was like, thank you. I've been trying to say this for years of it's not, just the food you eat, but it's also the, what you, um, store your food in, right? So whatever you store it in or cook it in is going to steep into your food. So if you're storing it in plastic or if you're wrapping it in plastic, or if you're cooking your food with aluminum foil, that's all getting into your food as well. So it's a simple alternative to just store your food in glass jars, like mason jars or glass, um, containers instead of the plastic. Right. But, um, Yeah, she is great. And I think that she helps you to really understand the, um, the difference between processed food and real food. Um, puts it in a way that like, if you are not scientific, like if you don't follow science, she puts it in a way that's easy to understand. Like, Oh, that's what that is. Cause if you look at the ingredients list of many of the foods that you're eating, you probably can't pronounce you know, half of the things and you don't know what they are, you have to Google it. So she puts it in a way like, okay, do you see this ingredient? Be on the lookout for this one. This is what it actually is. Like she puts it in a way that is pretty easy to understand for everybody, even if you're not following science. And she also even tells you like when, so when we do know an ingredient is bad, then sometimes companies will like rename the ingredient to something else. And then she'll tell you like, Hey, this is still this, but if they've just renamed it as this, or if this is in the ingredient list, like this is actually this, do you know what I mean? She, yeah, I totally agree. I remember too, like what you were saying about how she, uh, highlights the difference between European countries and America of what we allow, even with like the McDonald's fries, it's just, you know, like three or four ingredients over in Europe. And then in America, there's like 30. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so all those little things, they add up, they add up big time. Uh, and if you can make those little shifts, even like if you pick up one or two tips from her and make change those into your everyday life, think about how big of uh, a change that that makes in your overall life, right? Because if you want to change your life, you just have to do one thing different in your everyday. Um, so something like that, huge. Okay. Well, I'm going to put that um, book in the show notes for everyone. So if they there want to- is, so if you are not a book reader, so if you'd rather listen to a podcast, 
um, one of my favorite podcasters, Lewis House, actually had her on his podcast. It was a while ago. I want to say over a year ago, but that's another uh, great one to um, to pop your earbuds in if you don't want to read the book. Um, again, she sheds light to a lot of companies that you should be maybe like thinking twice or just be on the lookout for. But if you're going to take anything from, you know, from her book or whatever, just take it as look at the back of the ingredients label. Like next time you're at the grocery store, just before you start putting stuff in your cart, just be a better conscious consumer of the foods that you're eating and just look, take a look at the ingredients label, maybe Google a couple of the, the ingredients and think to yourself, like, is this something that I should be putting in my body? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Agreed. Love it. And um, if for those who are interested in the podcast, Erica just mentioned, um, Lewis Howe's podcast is called The School of Greatness. He's had it for like many years. I yeah. love it too. It's really, really good. I'll put his podcast in the description there as well. Um, okay, amazing. Well, Erica, this podcast is called Unlock Your Wellbeing. So my final question for you, and I know we've talked a lot about it in different ways, but how do you unlock your own personal well-being? Connections. The sisterhood is like literally everything to me. I don't know what I would do without it. Um, women giving other women encouragement, uh, positivity, non-judgment. Literally, we never judge anything that is said or posted. Um, so I would just say the sisterhood, whether it's exercise, just positivity, anything. Um, they help me unlock my well-being. I love that so much. And I think it's a really, really timely um, reminder and example of, you know, things are shifting every day in our world that we're able to really dive into that connection at a, at a um, new layer <laughs> of going back in person. And so I think that Uh, That is a really big takeaway for everyone from from Erica that if you feel disconnected in your life, do what you can. Take any tip that we have talked about of one thing that you're going to implement or look up. What's one thing that you can do right now? Can I look up Erica's um, sisterhood online and see if that's a good fit for me? Can I find a um, yoga studio or a gym nearby and look at this class that I've been interested or and curious about taking. And can I look up and see when the next one is, can I find a local meditation, um, center and show up for that and see what kind of connections I can put myself out there into making, because that like we've been talking about is a really, really big part of, of improving your overall well-being. So love it. And- And like, what's the worst that could happen? You know, if you go to a class and it's not for you, then what's the worst that can happen? Nothing. Like you might've wasted $5, but you know, like you moved. You're going to learn something, Um, (laughs) whether you like it or not. Yeah. And I mean, I, I've done that plenty of times and new areas has gone to certain things. And then I left, I'm like, yeah, I won't be going back to that. Um, (laughs) But I wouldn't know if I hadn't gone. Right. I went to a Zumba class once and I lasted five minutes and (laughs) I tried it. It wasn't for me. So (laughs) what's the worst that could happen? You can laugh at yourself. That's probably the worst thing. Exactly. And you're definitely going to grow because you're putting yourself into an uncomfortable position and situation because it's new and you don't know what to expect. So 
no matter what, you're going to get better um, in general at growing yourself and your ability to be resilient and putting yourself in uncomfortable positions. Um, but that's that's what you got to do in order to really find that connection that you're looking for. You have to put yourself out there a little bit. And so we're grateful for um, people like you who are creating uh, that space for people to um, have and make those authentic connections. I am super pumped. Like I love the virtual stuff right now, but I know it's going to be 1000 times better when we get an in-person where we can just hug each other, have fun, yeah. meet up. It's yeah. not just about fitness. We're going to meet up for other stuff. So Ooh, I love it. Well, on that note, tell us more about all the things where we can find you when and all the details about about the um, the building location because I know that there's some questions around that for uh, people who are following you so just tell us all the things. So right now we are still 100% virtual um, we don't have a space where we can all go and meet yet. Um, so if you're looking to come train with us in the virtual world online in your own house, um, you can find us at sweatinspiresisterhood.com. Once we do have an in-person studio, that will be in Piasta, Iowa. Um, we are going to be neighbors to a couple small businesses that are already located there. Um, Dark Bird, um, Brew House, and then Jumble Coffee. Those are two small businesses that are in that same um, development. And we will have a couple studio rooms. So there will be a couple classrooms. We'll be offering hopefully some spin classes later down the road, but hot yoga, hit classes, boot camp classes, literally everything. So super pumped for that. And we hope to be open by fingers crossed summer of next year. Summer 2023. Yes. Very exciting. I'm excited for it. I know I'll be attending. Um, definitely. And, uh, I'm, I'm just super excited. It's been really fun to watch your journey, Erica, and I know you're just getting started. And so thanks for taking the time to um, share your, your wisdom and knowledge with us today on the podcast. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. It was good to connect again. Yeah, definitely. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Be sure to subscribe if you enjoyed it and don't want to miss another one. Uh, we will see you next week. We have new episodes every Friday for you. And don't forget our book, uh, The Six Gold Keys to Unlock Your Wellbeing, A Guide to Unlocking a Happy and Healthy Life is going to be available on April 29th. So you can head to my website, alishaleedom.com to sign up for the book launch list, or you can just click the link in the, um, the show notes and you will be notified of when that is available, which will be weeks after this episode's out so thanks everyone for listening be sure to share it if you enjoyed it and we'll see you next time bye